the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Welcome back, everybody. Hour two of the Pastor Scott Show. Open line Friday. We'll take your call on anything at all. 888-528-2557. Alfonso and Ted and others, I'll get to your calls here in just a second as we start hour two. I wanted to talk uh, briefly about the the mass break-ins and the uh, the mob break-ins that we've been seeing all over Los Angeles. Mayor Karen Bass uh, announced a task force to help us uh, stop this from happening. Our number one job is to keep Angelinos safe and to feel safe. When incidents of brazen theft and robbery occur, it shatters that feeling of safety. These are not victimless crimes especially in the case where Angelinos are attacked through force or fear. No Angelino should feel like it is not safe to go shopping in Los Angeles. No entrepreneur should feel like it's not safe to open a business in Los Angeles. So to Angelinos, our message is clear. Those who commit these crimes will be caught, they will be held accountable, and we will work to address this issue. All right, so that is the mayor of Los Angeles, Karen Bass, talking about these break-ins. A group of 30 to 40 thieves broke into Yves Saint Laurent in the Americana in Glendale and stole $400,000 of merchandise. In what They cleaned out the store, $400,000. And uh, one of them got arrested yesterday, and then they released him. They cited him, and he's out. You know, you, you, that's the problem right there is now we're going to have a task force about this. The governor, uh, Governor Newsom, he's assigning the uh, the highway patrol. Somebody might have to explain that to me. He keeps talking about increasing the duties of the highway patrol to take care of these robberies. They're happening in the shopping malls, not on the freeway. I'm not sure I understand that. I take offense at our policies and strategies. Yeah, I understand. But at any rate, you know, part of the issue, and we had a caller right before the break, and I wanted to continue a little bit answering his question. He asked if there's any benefit to atheism, basically, to not believing that there's a God. And I think it's very relevant to what's happening in these crime sprees and what we're thinking. So you have this one in Glendale. You had another one in – there's been a bunch of them. The other one that's getting all the news is because of the tape in Nordstrom in uh, the uh, Topanga Mall in Canoga Park. Uh, I've been in that Nordstrom. You've been in that Nordstrom before? Uh, if you go to the mall, you know, you go to Nordstrom sometimes to shop, sometimes because they have the cleaner restroom. Let's just admit it. We know that's true. And uh, they went in there to grab stuff, and about $300,000 of stuff uh, were taken out of that. And then they got into cars that uh, didn't have license plates, and they drove off. Uh, Lexuses and uh, fancy cars, I guess. That is the thing is, let's assume for a moment that none of them ever get caught or none of them are brought to justice. Atheism says there's nothing wrong with that. Now, if you're an atheist, you wouldn't say that. You would say as a humanitarian that no certain things are should not be done. 
But the problem is the follow through. The problem with the the atheist mindset is that if you if you pursue what it means that there would be no God, if you pursue what that means for us as human beings, it means that we're not worth anything more than anybody else. We're just dust in the wind. It means the only hope you have ultimately in the universe is that one day the sun will explode and destroy the solar system. That's it. That's what you have to look forward to if there's no God. And you have to figure out how do you run a society? How do you have people live peaceably amongst each other if there is no higher source, if there is no accountability for our murders, for our child molestation, for whatever the most heinous things that you can think of, if there's no accountability for that cosmically, then it's survival of the fittest, and if you can get away with it, then do it. And if that means you go knock off the Nordstrom in the mall, you do that. If that means that you harm a person, kill a person, rape a person, whatever the thing is, or just rob a person, if you just want to be a jerk, it doesn't matter. You should do whatever is right for you. See, when you go down that path, it becomes actually very depressing. Nietzsche, you know, not to bring up an old philosopher, but it's so relevant here because one of Nietzsche's problems is that he decided there's no God. But he also went down the path in his writings of what that means. And here's a famous passage that he wrote. You probably have heard about, uh, you, know, you might see in the bathroom wall, people like to write Nietzsche is dead or God is dead, you know, and then they write Nietzsche under it. And then somebody smart aleck will say uh, Nietzsche is dead and they write God under it. It's kind of funny, right? But Nietzsche, this is the context of God is dead. He wrote in a book um, that he wrote a passage. It's called the Madman Passage. And it is basically about a guy who decides that there's no God, and he's seeking God, and he starts to go crazy because he realizes the ramifications of there not being a God and what that means. And at one point he writes, uh, whither is God? He cried, I will tell you we have killed him, you and I. This is the God is dead part, right? This is actually what Nietzsche said. I, tell, I will tell you we have killed him, you and I. All of us are his murderers, but how did we do this? How could we drink up the sea? Who gave us the sponge to wipe away the entire horizon? What were we doing when we unchained this earth from its sun? Where is it moving now? Where are we moving? Away from all suns? Are we not plunging continually backward, sideward, forward in all directions? Is there any up? Is there any down? Are we not straying as though an infinite nothing? Do we not feel the breath of the empty space? See, he says, has it not become colder is not night continually closing in on us? He realizes that if we undo God, and he believes that we did, he believes that human beings invented God and then killed God. And the era that we live now is the godless era. And what he's doing is he's saying, this is not something that we should take lightly. He says, we have unhitched the earth from the sun. That the, his, his idea here is that there's no longer any order there's no longer any reason for anything. And so where are we going? He writes later, do we hear nothing as yet of the noise of the grave diggers who are burying God? Do we smell nothing as yet of the divine? It, it's, then he gets to God is dead, God remains dead, and we have killed him. How shall we comfort ourselves, the murderer of murderers? And when you read his stuff and you look at his life, he was not comforted by this thought. He, he eventually goes insane himself because he couldn't go down the path of rationalizing the what it means if there's no God, of coming to a rational 
conclusion, if you really ask the questions, and, you know, he'll go down the path of secular humanism and, you know, why we should be nice to people and why we shouldn't go to war and why we should be kind. You can say all of that. The problem is, is if there's no God, then there's nothing to hold you accountable to that philosophy. It doesn't matter. And if you decide to reject that philosophy, you can. And you can harm people with impunity. It doesn't matter. There's no moral judge to hold you accountable. He understood that a society that no longer believes in God is a society that will be anarchy, a society that will be lost, a society that will be lawless. The Bible tells us that there will be lawlessness, that the last days, this is what's going to happen. It's the decay in society. And it comes down to a lack of a belief in God, just generally. And sometimes we say we believe in God. All these people breaking into these stores or doing terrible crimes, they might tell you they believe in God. Some of them might be sitting next to you in church. You know, somebody's got some new uh, Yves Saint Laurent outfit on, you know, or some nice glasses or something. Maybe you should ask them. No, don't do that. But, you know, sometimes people even are religious, but they don't really believe in God. And the way that you know is because their behavior suggests that they don't think there's any accountability. Their behavior suggests that uh, there's ultimately, if I can get away with it, then it's okay. That's being what's called a practical atheist. You might say that you're an atheist, but you're, you, you might say you believe in God, but your life doesn't look like you believe in God. And when you have this kind of organized crime, when you have this society that we are building, where we have just decided to turn things upside down, we're actually, um, you know, where this has begun philosophically, it's been developing really for years, but what we've seen in the last few years is people have actually said, and this was said by the district attorney in Alameda County, who's about to get recalled, uh, Pamela Price is her name. She's pointing out that sometimes the uh, perpetrators are actually the victims. Uh, she actually says that. I've got a clip of that I can play here. And I, I think this is where she says it. Price refused to address any specific cases. She has argued that adding enhancements disproportionately affects black and brown people. Any time that we can divert someone from the criminal justice system, that is a goal because the criminal justice system has been shown to be racially biased. In your pursuit of achieving equity, it is favoring perpetrators over victims. Oh, I Is that correct? That's absolutely not true. Often what studies have shown, and it's true in Alameda County, many times people who are perpetrators or labeled as perpetrators were actually victims. See, that's the philosophy that is leading. There's definitely problems in the system and things that need to be reformed. And and it's all right to talk about incarceration problems. There's a lot of things. But where the philosophy will take you down a path that is wrong is it turns it upside down and it's turning the perpetrators of crime into the actual victims. And the actual victims of the crime are now the perpetrators. And where, you know, we should allow people to steal stuff because, hey, people have been disadvantaged. And what it says is, well, the person who's the shop owner, you know, the people who work, well, it's Nordstrom. They, I heard somebody say it's Nordstrom. They got a ton of money. Nordstrom is in trouble financially. Do you know that? And it's not just the the mucky mucks at the top of the pyramid. I'm sure those guys make a lot of money. It's everybody who works for Nordstrom. It's every truck driver who brings in the the goods. It's everybody who helps manufacture the things that are sold there. Everybody's affected by this. And in fact, all of us are affected by these thieves because it's more money that needs to go to policing. It's more money that needs to go to security. It's more money that goes to insurance. 
Well, they all have insurance. It's just covered by insurance. No, the insurance is covered by us. The insurance is covered by you who buy insurance for anything. You're covering everything those people stole. They're stealing from you, see. And to not understand that or to reject that idea is lawlessness. It is the philosophy that is behind our increase in crime. It's the philosophy that is also in, involved with the increase in homelessness and drug addiction, uh, as we've been talking about. See, at the end of the day, the question was about atheism. What's the value of it? You're looking at it. The value of it is a society that will completely implode because if there's no cosmic justice, then there's no reason for justice. Then justice is only whatever the people at the top of the pyramid decide it is. And that's where you get tyranny. That's where you get slavery. That's where you get all kinds of injustices and racism, horrific things, because they get empowered if there's no God. So in your personal life, and I don't know if you're asking because you are thinking of being an atheist or you're looking for a lifestyle here. What I would say to you is with anything, think it through. What is the actual effect of this belief? How does it affect other people? How does it affect who we are? It is a significant thing. And if you want to know, you know, deep down why we have so many of these issues going on, it's because we are becoming lawless. We are making evil good. We are using philosophies in the name of justice, in the name of doing right, and actually hurting the innocent, and actually hurting the victims. And, you know, what's going to happen is we're going to become a, you know, we're becoming a nation where the, you know, we wonder why doesn't the police do anything? Well, because the laws are restricting the police from doing very much. I mean, this guy got stole $400,000 of stuff and he's let out the same day. You know, what do you expect him to do? I bet he's go to another one, probably. Why not? All right, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. It's Open Line Friday. Let me get to your calls here. I thank you for uh, holding on uh, for a while. Alfonso in West Hills, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Good afternoon, Pastor. Uh, um, I was just calling because I heard uh, one of your callers, she was sharing a story about her her um, addiction to marijuana use, yeah. and, uh, and and I felt compelled to call and share my story. And uh, I was uh, just, you know, I know she mentioned that it's so hard to to uh, sometimes once uh, once a person gets addicted to to marijuana use and you know substance abuse, it's so hard to get going. And I just wanted to share uh, because I felt compelled to share the message that uh, a lot of times, uh, uh, you know, culture has made us think that. There's treatments out there, you know, that sometimes, uh, you know, people could try uh, doing yoga. You know, a lot of people turn to new age things, and mm-hmm. I dealt with I, I dealt with that kind of addiction for uh, for uh, marijuana use for uh, many years of my life, and I had tried so many things. I was always trying to break away from that. Yeah, and I just want to share to 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 whoever's listening, probably uh, if someone is dealing with that, that the only way the only way to to break that is through through uh, surrendering your life to jesus and that's that is the only way uh it's and it's it's uh i think it's very important to for the church to emphasize of of what goes on when um of of the battle with with uh what goes on when uh, this kind of stuff gets 
you know, legalized and, you know, it gets distributed onto the youth, onto the public, and it becomes, you know, something that is habitual. Yeah. And a lot of people, yeah, it, it, it becomes, it, it's just everywhere now. So the the way it just, you, you just really need to surrender your life to, to Christ. I mean, I, I tried so many things and, and you know, I, I, I finally got to that point where I was like, you know, I, I, I had no choice. I had to surrender to 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 Jesus. I accepted. And have you uh, been able Jesus to stay the, uh, off the uh, marijuana since then? Uh, since then, and, and it, it is so you know it my, it just it was it happened just you know I I, I I surrendered to the Lord. I I I really cried out to Him, and I and I asked Him, you know, Lord Lord God, if 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 you if you are God, if there is a God, if if you know if if Jesus is. Mm-hmm. You know, the son, of, the the son of God. If Jesus is all right, help me, help take get rid of this. And you, the next day, I woke up and I've never felt the desire or the crazy or anything good for ever you. again in my life. Yeah, Alfonso, you know? I I appreciate you telling your story there, and uh, I got to go on to the next call. But you know, it's part of what I was just talking about as far as belief in God. If there is a God, now go now go through what that means if there is a God. It means there's something special about us, the fact that we have a consciousness, the fact that we have moral thought, the fact that we can perceive that there is God, we can perceive that there is a, a creation. It must have come from somewhere. You know, the, the, and you can then start to perceive, well, if there is a God, why did he make me? Why did he make us? And when you go down that path, you begin to realize that there is a God, that this is good that there's a God. And eventually you discover that there is a God who's personal, who loves you, who made you in his image, who knows your struggles, who gave us an entire story of what's happening in this earth today from Genesis to Revelation. And if you've read your Bible, if you've really read it, and you understand the story of history that God has laid out, nothing is confusing for you in the news. You understand the lawlessness that we're seeing everywhere is predicted. You understand why not having a trust in God breaks things down. And then you understand also why believing in God, the living God, actually helps, just as our caller was saying, just as Alfonso was saying, is that he cried out to God, the living God, and he rescued him from his addiction. You know, if there's, if there's, no, if there's no God, well, then why not have an addiction? I mean, really, right? That's depressing and that's terrible advice, right? You wouldn't say that to anybody and you shouldn't. If you're an atheist, don't go out there and kill yourself. Don't do stupid things. But philosophically, if we're just dust in the wind, if we're just biological accidents, that's super depressing. But it is so much joy to realize that there's a God, that you are loved, that you are forgiven, that there is grace, that Jesus rose again from the grave so that when you die, you're going to rise again with him and have everlasting life. We all have a sense that there's something else. We like to say that even at non-Christian or atheistic funerals, you know, he's gone to a better place or whatever you say. Uh, We say that because we want to believe that that's true. We wish that that's true. And if you believe that that's true, it's tremendous comfort and help. And we also believe as Christians that you have help. You have the comforter. You have the Holy Spirit who is with you, that this is for real. We're not just saying this, that this is for real, that God is real. He exists. Jesus is the Savior. He died. He rose again for our sins, that whoever believes in him would have uh, eternal life. And we get the Holy Spirit with us in this life. And there are so many things that are real and hopeful that's the follow-through when you think about God. 
And that's why there's so much hope there in truth. 888-528-2557 is the number. Open line Friday. We'll talk about whatever you'd like. 888-528-2557. Ted in Los Angeles, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, sir. Ted, City of the Angels, thank you, Pastor Scott, for continually uh, being so humble in how you respond, regardless of what side people are on. Um, I just wanted to touch on it. You know, I mean, you're around the age age bracket as me, and uh, we remember the original Twilight Zone. Right. And they had this ten, right? They had this ten year old kid, and uh, he could he know knew what you were thinking, and if you and if you said anything or were against him, uh, he'd turn you into something, uh, like he turned this man into a jack o' lantern, and right. his parents begged him. His parents begged him, please son, uh, wish him into the cornfield, wish him to the cornfield. He says, well, okay. And he wished him into the cornfield and they, and they showed the shadow of the head bang, you know, going right. up and down like Jack in the box. And, uh, and then, and then everybody in the room were the neighbors who were scared to death of this child. And then he turned around to his parents and he goes, mommy, daddy, he was a bad man. And they said, yes, he was. Yes, he was. And uh, and then it showed him doing that to a few people. And this is what uh, reminds me of what they've done with our children. Now they're in charge. They run the family. It's a, it's make- a uh, very prophetic episode of that show of what's going to happen Absolutely. if the kids are in charge, if the adults kowtow and get afraid of the kids, which we are, you know, in we in, are uh, in many ways. Amen. Yeah. And um, so at any rate, on a lighter note. Went to Dodger Stadium. Uh, it was a blessing. Ted, uh, uh, it for worked. our listeners, Ted has been in uh, Los Angeles for a long time and has uh, hardly ever been to a Dodger game until recently. Amen. I, I, I had to, like I said, it does work if you if you speak the words. And I said I won't go alone. Alone, I'm going to bring Jesus. And I actually had a descendant of Geronimo, American Indian man, came up to me. We were both about the same size and. Uh, uh, we're about six two, both of us, and he said I was a um, agnostic, and I seen an aura and angels around you, which we obviously can't see it. As this, was, this was happening at the game, at the Dodger Stadium, and uh, because I went in full dress, uh, you know Yahweh on the back of my Dodger so jersey, yeah, okay. uh, yeah, cross on my sleeve, and another cross I got put on. So does 19- this? I got to go to a break, but I want to ask you this: Does do you end up with uh, interesting conversations like this because you're wearing that outfit? Yes, because there's people that know what Yahweh is, and there's people that don't. And he, uh, I also said real I quick. I remember uh, him playing for the team. Well, yeah. uh, all I know is is uh, we we know that uh, who who retired the number that we were just talking about. Fernando, I got to go to a break. I'm way over the break, Ted, but I appreciate okay. your call. And the Twilight Zone is a very prophetic show. Uh, all right, it's Open Line Friday. We'll take your calls on anything, 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show Friday edition. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show Open Line Friday. Talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. We also want to make sure that you are getting prepared for Hurricane Hillary. 
It is uh, coming down on California. This is for real, okay, hurricane out in the Pacific that is going to uh, come ashore probably as a tropical storm, but maybe in San Diego still be a level one hurricane. And it's going to dump a lot of rain. There will be flash flooding. There could be a lot of problems coming up uh, starting on Sunday into most of Monday is what they're projecting now. And so one of the things that we have been talking about is how to get prepared and to make sure that you're prepared. Uh, 888-528-2557. Let's go to Will. Will, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor Scott. Thanks for talking with me. Uh, Thank you for everything you do and uh, everybody you hope really appreciate listening to you. Thanks, Will. Thank you. Uh, so basically just calling about the hurricane. Um, my brother was out in the hurricane out in Florida. So I kind of, it's the only experience I really have is people that I've never been one, uh, through one at all. I'm in, um, Cerritos, California. Um, so, but what a couple of things I, I wanted to get your thoughts on, I learned today was Seal Beach, uh, Seal Beach got, the, I don't know if you saw it at all, but it was a, it's like kind of like sand towers. Did you see like sand heels that they're, they're building to block the... Yeah, the where they're flight. getting ready to block the surf. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That was something there. It's something uh, to watch that this is uh, preparing because somebody mentioned, you know, it's 897, looks beautiful outside, and yet there's something uh, significant coming this weekend. Yeah, I agree 100%. And then uh, looking later beyond that, and then... Apparently, the last time that anything like this happened, it was 160 years ago. Um, it was 18, I could probably have the numbers a little wrong, but 1868. There's one in 1868, and, but another one was 1939. Yeah, yeah. Sometime one around uh, Abraham Lincoln was running for um, president as a senator just to give everybody kind of an idea of the time frame. Um, but yeah, that that was pretty much it. I I'm from Las Vegas, so I mean, I, from what I talk with everybody and all those things, they're, they they kind of seem a little scared. Um, I'm interested in seeing what you and um, pa- other pastors, kind of like Pastor Greg Laurie and um, <clears throat> like Pastor Rick Warren, will be doing to prepare and what the kind of advice is. Because yeah, I just uh, a lot of people that I speak with are kind of scared, Pastor. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great call. I think a lot of people are, thank you for calling Will and asking that question. You know, I think that it's easy to get scared and, you know, sometimes we don't want to talk about it because we're going to make people afraid. You know, I've made little little light of it here with these little sound effects, right? Uh, just, you know, Hillary Clinton laugh and, you know, Hillary, okay. But it is a serious thing that we don't want to take it lightly, but we also have to realize that human beings do quite well in all of these things all the time when we're prepared. And it's the same that's true for anything. You know, you can't help it if something were to happen to you. It could happen right now. It could happen, you know, a tree could fall over right now and uh, hit somebody and that'll be it, right? We, we risk ourselves with so many different things that we do. But when we know that there's danger coming, when we know that there is something to get prepared for, the wise people prepare. What we're called to do as Christians is be wise. We're not called to be afraid. We are called to be wise. And when there's bad weather coming, what is the wise thing to do? Prepare for it. Make sure you've got bottled water at home. Go to the store, get yourself some bottled water, you know, a gallon a day for each person in your household for four or five days. 
You should make sure that you have enough food to eat, stuff that you don't necessarily have to cook. Just make sure you've got something to eat in case the power goes out, in case your refrigerator goes down. I've got a freezer in my garage, and uh, we've got some meat in there and some other stuff, and I'm thinking we've got a... Uh, a gas grill, and if the freezer goes down for more than a few hours, I'm going to have to go out and start just cooking it and giving it to neighbors or something, right? Make a plan for what you're going to do. Maybe Monday you don't go to school or you don't go to work. You know, maybe on Sunday, you know, I think in your church services, uh, this will probably come Sunday afternoon. Right now we don't know. We don't know if it's just going to be a bunch of rain but pretty calm or if it's going to come along with uh, lots of wind and destruction. That's possible, Go and you pray. Pray with other believers and look out for the, the old people in your church or people with disabilities or people who need some other help. Make a conscious effort to say, who else can I help? Uh, maybe just your next door neighbors. Go knock on their door today. It's a great opportunity to get to know them. You probably haven't even talked to them most of the time. Hey, you know, how you doing? You know, we got this hurricane. Do you have enough bottled water? Can I get you something at the store? Is there anything I can do? Are you afraid? Pray with people who are afraid. You know, one of the ways to uh, deal with your own fear is sometimes to just get out there and realize, hey, other people are afraid. Maybe I'll pray with somebody else. But you got to trust the Lord and realize that these things happen, that if we're wise and we're prepared for them, most of the time we do just fine. And and if something bad happens, we, we live in a world that's fallen where there are terrible things that happen. It's all because of sin. All of that, as Christians, we believe that was taken that was dealt with on the cross. And that whenever we have everlasting life, these things will go away. I don't know what weather's going to be like in the new heaven and new earth. I have no idea. I have no idea what some of it's going to be, but I know it's not going to be dangerous. I think it's going to be wonderful, whatever it is. That's our hope. Our hope is there. So don't be afraid. Instead, be wise and ask yourself, what is the wise thing for me to do right now with a lot of rain coming? And make plans. Maybe you can work from home instead of going home. Well, great, work from home on Monday. You just plan for it. And maybe on Monday morning, it's not as bad as we thought, then go to work. But if you have got a plan and you've thought about it, then it can be a really good day. All right, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show, open line Friday. Donna, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor Scott, I hope you're having a blessed day. I I just wanted to... Good. I just wanted to respond to Mimi um, about the transgender, and she said she didn't think um, God made mistakes. And Mimi, God doesn't make mistakes. I know you told her that, too. But we live in a fallen world, um, and our relationships with one another, with ourselves, you know, are, are not what they should be. Sometimes we're born a certain way, but that doesn't mean that we should act on certain feelings we have. We really, that's why the gospel is so important. We need to make sure our kids know the gospel. We need to send them to church because without the Holy Spirit, we have a vacuum. Yeah. And evil can enter into that vacuum. And evil is very real in the world. And that's all I, I kind of wanted to say to Mimi. Yeah, thank you for calling in and saying that. And, and, you know, it's a reminder, all of us are broken in different ways. And all of us or somebody you know, if it's not you, is broken somewhere in the area of human sexuality. We have wounds. We have difficulties. We've made mistakes. We are living with things that we wish we didn't have. This is the condition. This is why we need a Savior. You know, the reason we have a Savior is not for some reason that's not real or that's just sort of to make you feel better. It's because we're broken. 
It's because sin destroys everything that it touches, and we're all affected. And we have to remember that because we need to remember these kids or just other people who are going through this and being told things that aren't true to make them feel better about their identity, which is a lot of what this is about. And this is why, as Christians, our identity needs to be in Christ, not even in ourself. You know, as a pastor, sometimes our, you know, the identity of the pastor becomes, I'm the pastor, you know, of the church. And, uh, you know, it becomes my church. People would say to me, Scott, you know, how big is your church? And I would say between two and 3,000, meaning two, like one, two, two people, and 3,000. Because what difference does it make, you know, ultimately? It's whatever God's going to give you. Um, but we can get, you know, people can get really identified in what they do for a living or in a relationship or in a certain aspect of themselves. And sometimes we create that, that identity. You know, my, I'm a talk show host now. I have the Pastor Scott Show. People meet, what do you do? I'm a, I'm a talk show host. Okay. But what if one day I'm not a talk show host? You know, do I lose myself? Some people do, right? And some people seek to find their identity. That's what I believe is happening with a lot, particularly kids, identity in the the LGBTQ movement, because now you have a letter and now you're something and people are paying attention to you until you go out and you harm yourself and now they don't want to talk to you, right? Until a few years go by and there's something new that is the big agenda item that you get to be and now they just leave you behind and now you're lost in some identity that was never real. Our identity needs to be in Christ. That's the calling we have. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. That's who we are. That's how we have to live. That's the message we have to give to other people. See, and, and somebody who's searching for identity, they might make terrible decisions one way or the other because they get attention or they get identified as something. Well, forget that. Identify as a Christian. Well, people won't like me if I'm a Christian. You're right. They won't. When I tell people I'm a talk show host, you know what they do? They go, oh, that's cool. What's the name of your show? It's the Pastor Scott Show. And then they're like, oh, you know, it changes. (laughs) It changes really quick. Um, But you know what? That's fine because now I can have a same thing as when I'm just a pastor. Suddenly I'm either going to have no conversation because they don't want to talk to me or I'm going to have a spiritual conversation. And that's good. That's why I'm here. Uh, And that's why you're there, to have a spiritual conversation ultimately with the people that God has placed in your life. And it doesn't matter what you do for a living or what you struggle with or other things because you have a Savior, his name is Jesus, and you identify now as a child of God, as a person who is a Christian who follows God. All right, I got to go to a break. I see your calls, uh, Drew and Tony. It's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about uh, anything you'd like to talk about, 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show will be back as the Friday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. A tropical storm watch. This is extremely rare. It hardly ever happens here in Southern California. The last time we had a tropical storm coming to these shores was 30 in 1939, so 84 years ago. So we can expect to see windy conditions, thunderstorms, as well as rain. And on top of that, we're looking at a tremendous amount of rainfall. We could see flood watches. Those will also begin Saturday as well as Sunday. A lot to go over with Hillary. But the beaches will be also very dangerous. We're going to continue to see the possibility of flooding as well as some water spouts. 
All right, Hurricane Hillary is approaching California, and uh, we need to be in prayer, in prayer uh, for people in Mexico, of course, in Baja. So I don't know that it's going to make landfall or not as a hurricane status, but it might. Uh, maybe in Mexico, maybe in even San Diego at a Category 1. It's a Category 4. That's a huge hurricane. That's what it is right now. They're expecting as it comes north it will uh, weaken quite a bit, but still maybe Category 1 when it gets into California and a tropical storm either way. And that's going to dump a lot of rain and can create a lot of chaos. So we want to be prepared for that. 888-528-2557. Open line Friday. Whatever it is you want to talk about, we'll talk about that on Open Line Friday. Just a few minutes left here of the show. Drew in Glendale, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Oh, hi, Pastor Scott. How hi, Drew. Doing? Go ahead. Yeah, so um, I was thinking about uh, the social media and uh, TikTok and everything that's actually changing the cultures of uh, our generations. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that? Because there's too many... Uh, uh, misinformations. It changed uh, the culture of our young generations. They got so scared of a lot of things. Uh, they got so negative. And uh, it's not even that. Even the uh, the social media affecting the Christian faith as a whole also. Because now everything is out in the open. It's just, it's just crazy. It's just too polarized and everything. So I would like to get your takes on those. Yeah, what do you think we should do about that, about uh, the negative effect? I think it's being studied, but there's a lot in our culture that suggests that a lot of the difficulty is being expedited by social media, Um, and uh, I don't know that social media is going to go away, so how do we use it in a way that is healthy? Is that possible? Yeah, I I spoke with uh, our local uh, senators, but they cannot do anything because the only way to do that probably is to censor. Yeah, they uh, they really we have can't. Free speech in America. Yeah, you know, I think that in time, hopefully, it catches up. You know, that we find a way to behave better on there. And in the meantime, if you're going to be on there, and uh, you know, we are going to hopefully for our show put some stuff on there. So you can find us on socials, Pastor Scott Show, at Pastor Scott Show. We, we want to add positive things, and I think that if—and there are some Christians who are doing some great things on social media, some really good uh, people who are into apologetics, who really good Bible teachers. You know, there's a lot of things about—that churches are doing really well on social media because the social media now is very similar to what used to be going around and knocking on people's doors and inviting them to church— now you, their door is their phone because they've always got their phone in their face. People do, right? So you invite them to church on the phone. There's, there's a positive thing that you can do, but you have to be able to do it recognizing that there is a lot of falsehood. There is a lot of, uh, for lack of a better term, pornography or lead-ins to pornography or drugs or, or other things that are bad about social media. But we have to recognize that that's the world we live in. How do we shine the light on what is evil and uh, replace it with things that are of Christ? Yeah, and the, another thing that's the most disturbing things you talk to some people, the young ones, a uh, long time ago during my generations, when you ask them, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a doctor. I want to be a pilot. I want to be... Uh, 
a police officer, but now you talk to them. I want to be a YouTuber. I want to be a TikToker. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, in, in my opinion, it's actually destroying America because now uh, you're destroying the youth that, you know, they can be something else than becoming a TikToker, becoming a YouTuber. You know, it's, it doesn't really bring anything to the table being uh, someone like that. Well, the thing is, is that for almost everybody, those things never become things that will sustain you or pay you. There are a few people who make an awful lot of money because they are social media influencers, it's called. And if you have enough followers and enough views of your videos, uh, you get paid very well. However, the people who do that actually for a living, it's highly stressful. They work very hard, and you can lose it all in one day just because the algorithm changes or something. And, you know, for most people, hopefully we can help our kids realize that uh, for most people, 99.9999% of people, this is not a job, right? This is not going to pay the bills. This is, you know, meant to be fun, but you need to get educated. And I think that that part of a, a greater problem in our society is that we are not on the page of education, actual learning. We're on the page of graduation. We like to graduate people, but we're graduating people who can't read, who can't do you know, basic math. Graduation doesn't matter. Education matters. And we, an educated society will know how to manage these things and also to how to have an actual career and job. There's a lot of work to do, uh, Drew. I got a lot of calls I want to take, but a lot of concern about uh, how to do social media. And I agree. I think uh, for a whole lot of issues, it is in the background of a lot of our struggles right now. Uh, Tony and San Dimas, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor Scott, good afternoon. First of all, thank you for your show. Appreciate Hi, Tony. It. Thank you. Oh, hello. I um, just want to share a couple things. I know I'm limited on time. Uh, first thing was um, about the uh, her. Uh-oh. I think I lost you there. In, uh, about, a, about the hurricane? Oh, sorry. I, I, yeah, I moved into Florida. I was there for about a year. Yeah. And I wanted to uh, just share my, my story on it. Um, you know, what I tell everybody is just if you got faith in God, it's all that you need. Um, most of the time on the media, it's just they overhype these uh, hurricanes. That's how it, how it is in Florida. Just They kind of make it seem like the world's going to end. Uh-huh. Um, I just say have faith. Um, stay at home, like you said, have plenty of water, have extra food, um, and just trust in God, and uh, everything's going to be just fine come next Tuesday, Wednesday. Everybody be laughing about it. But once again, just be, pre- be prepared on that. And um, second quick thing I want to talk to you about was a uh, testimony about myself and my uh, old uh, drug addiction that I had. Um, you know, I thank God for a situation that he put me in. I was I was hospitalized for 12 days um, due to a uh, intestinal blockage, and um, that's what it took for me to um, realize that I wasn't living a god godly life. And uh, about two and a half years ago, that's when I became a born again Christian. Um, been sober since then. Um, had a really awesome experience in the hospital um, while I was fearing for my life. Um, I looked in the mirror and I asked God to send me a sign and. Um, looked deep into the mirror and looked in my eyes, and I, uh, to myself, I seen Jesus Christ, and uh, that totally just took away all my fear. I cried, went back to my bed, and after that, it was just amazing changeover. Um, God was there with me, got me through it, got out of the hospital, 
and never looked back. So now I'm living sober. All I try to do is uh, share that story with, you know, people and let them know that, yes, there definitely is a God. Yeah, good for you. Good for you, Tony. And, you know, something about our God is that God wants to be with us. That is something that God wants. He wants to be with you. You are not alone. He is with you always. Thank you for your call. Michelle, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. We just have a couple of seconds here, Michelle. Rachel? Uh, Michelle, are you Rachel or Michelle? No, Rochelle. Oh, Rochelle. Okay, I've got Michelle, but Rochelle. Okay, okay. okay, hon. I'm real nervous. uh, Pastor, could you please pray that we won't, dear dear Pastor, hon, precious Pastor Scott, that we won't be evacuated to California not be evacuated. Oh, yeah. Grandma's old. Grandma's ninety. Yeah. Hey, Michelle. Or Rochelle, where do you where do you live? Honey, she's I'm, I'm, I'm almost out of time. So where do you live? What part of town? Uh, 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 in San Pedro. In San Pedro. Okay. I'll pray for that. Okay. okay. And um, God, I just pray for Rochelle that you would comfort her and comfort others who are afraid right now of the storm coming. That you would remove their fear. That they would trust in you that they would do whatever wise thing they can do. And for someone like Rochelle, who is older, who the idea of evacuating is very complicated, I pray that you would protect her, keep her safe, keep the floodwaters away, and be with all the people who are uh, setting up the barriers and working on it, our first responders. I pray that we get very well prepared. And God, I pray that this storm just doesn't happen, that it peters out, that it just goes away and isn't what, that it's just a bunch of hype. We do pray that that is true. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Shall I thank you so much for calling. God bless you. We're out of time for today. Uh, Malo and others, I uh, won't get to your calls, but we do Open Line Friday every Friday, and we talk about these issues all the time. Uh, Pastor Scott Show is on every day from 3 to 5 every weekday right here in the station. You can watch the Pastor Scott Show now on kkla.com. And if you miss an hour of our show, subscribe to the Pastor Scott Show podcast on your favorite podcast app, and you can follow us on social media at Pastor Scott Show. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. I'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Be safe, and uh, we'll be praying for you. Good night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.